folks, guess what? The Detroit Women of Comedy Fest is back, baby! We're going to be streaming across Planet Ants channels on June 4th and June 5th. That's their Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. You get it. There's going to be so much funny stuff. We're talking sketch, stand-up, podcasts, live stream, workshops, special guests. Head over to DetroitWomenOfComedy.com to find out how you can join the fun. Oh, yeah. Hey guys, we are back again. It's Scaring is Sharing. Yes, it's the place where we share our scares. I am Jeremy Rusk, the original Sasquatch Slim. And I'm the flaming Scream Queen, Brenda Jo Plambeck. And this is a tiny terror. That's right. We're coming at you with a little bit of a truncated episode this week because somebody named Sasquatch Slim had to go on a little bit of a vacation. <laughs> Uh, and it threw off our recording schedule, but we're still getting something at you. So yes, don't worry. we are. Uh, and speaking of, I, the wife and I went up to uh, Mackinac City, uh, St. Ignace, Mackinac Island area for Michigan people. I'm sure you know it all uh, too well. And for non-Michiganders, just uh, look it up. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Do some homework. Do some homework. Read about it. But speaking of... Uh, there's a couple of little uh, attractions we went to that I wanted to give some shout outs to because I think they would appeal to our uh, scaring and sharing listening audience, our horror mover, movie loving friends out there. On Mackinac Island, there is a place called the Haunted Theater and it's an old school. It's been there since like, I don't know, they've been there for 40 something years and it is a maybe 50 something years. I can't remember. So hopefully somebody fact check me. It is an old school, like haunted house, like walk through haunted house thing cool. where they have it, 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 the, the, the fucking thing. It's an old, it's an old movie theater. They've turned into just dark hallways as you go through like lights come on with these, I guess they're made, they were made by like local artists and stuff like wax figures of monsters and shit. And some of them, like there's a lady that spins around and looks at you um, and stuff like that. There's like a little bit of a maze in there. Uh, my wife just screamed and screamed through it. So it was great. <laughs> I can hear it in my head. I convinced her to go with me. I don't know if they have recordings or if there's actual people lurking in the dark in there. Cause there are moments like there's this one spot you get to where it's just pitch black. You can't see your hand in front of your face and a voice goes, come this way and whispers it. Uh, and as you go, like after you pass it, it's behind you. This is what made her scream the loudest was they go. It's just a quick little like, bye bye. See you later or something like that. But it sounds like <laughs> it's right in your ear. And they're like, uh, that's right as you exit. But she screamed so loud at that part. That's fabulous. But the Haunted Theater, Mackinac Island uh, is a ton of fun. And in Mackinac City itself, uh, across the street from the hotel we stayed at was a place called Mystery Town, USA. Um, and they're a little more of a recent, I've, they've been around for like maybe five years or so. And again, they're designed to be like an old school roadside attraction, but they're like a little museum dedicated to mysteries of the world. So they have a Bigfoot display and the Loch Ness Monster, aliens, Bermuda Triangle, all that, all the stuff I grew up reading as a kid. So I was like, if I was 10 years old, I would think this is the greatest place I've ever been to in my life. It's like a little 
walkthrough museum with these like immersive all around you displays with cool monster statues and stuff like that so again if you're in mackinac city guys check out mystery town usa that was a blast to walk through fun were there a lot of people there not so much actually for either of them i mean like the city itself it's tourist season is starting up in those areas and those are tourist towns so it was pretty lousy with people but uh we got to go through those attractions uh just us and enjoy them you know just ourselves so i think that was that was right at the right time to go through awesome yeah so there you go well we have some uh terrorgrams today i'm gonna start off we got a review on apple whoa okay apple podcast a five star review it's been a a while since we've had one of those yeah and the headline is perfect horror show and here's the review okay This show is the real deal. They know their stuff. They are engaging and they are charming to boot. We are binging their show like crazy and we can't wait for more. Huge congrats to the whole team behind this for making such a cool show. The Call of the Void team. The Call of the Void. Thank you. I have been listening to their podcast. It is uh, so cool. Allison McGroat talked about it when she was on our show. Yeah. And oh my God, the sound design is so great. And like, it's just so immersive and weird and cool. It's like, just like she said, she said it was like Stranger Things meets, I don't know, something like The Happening or something like that. She described it. And it's still early on for me. I'm like maybe like four episodes in, but it's super fun because all of a sudden I'll hear a voice. I'm like, who is that? And I'm like, oh, it's my friend Dan Johnson. So it's kind of fun. I was going to say, isn't isn't Dan Johnson in that? <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, awesome. So that's really cool. Um, They're awesome folks. Check out The Call of the Void. They're in their second season. It is a really fucking cool show. And if you want to rate and review us, I think the only place you can do it is Apple. I don't think the other ones have that option. No, but I don't think they do. Would love it and we'll read it right here on the air even if it's horrible even if it's hey, we horrible. will we will we'll we haven't it. gotten it we haven't gotten any hate mail yet but you know i would i i would read it oh fuck yeah i would i love that shiz yo bring it on <laughs> all right and you have something too i i do i have an email uh we got another email from our friend of the podcast uh regular listener ethan FOP and uh subject line is blast from the past with an exclamation point. So, yes. Uh and he says, "Hey guys, Ethan again. So, you were talking a little bit about horror movies from your childhood/first memories of horror. I was obsessed with the movies Ernest Scared Stupid and The Witches. If you haven't seen Ernest Scared Stupid, it pretty much follows Ernest fighting off giant slimy to- trolls who turn children into wooden dolls. And of course, hilarity ensues. <laughs> the witches, on the other hand, made me aware of one of my most feared horror movie tropes, people being turned into creatures against their will. I'm not sure why this always makes me have a sense of dread come over me, but just the idea of it freaks me out. And please don't get me started on the donkey scene from Pinocchio. So this brings me to ask, what oddly specific horror trope freaks you out the most? Now, on the topic of werewolves, you guys named off some werewolf favorites, but where, he puts that in quotations to be cute, uh-huh. you guys stand on dog soldiers. Granted, I haven't seen it in maybe close to 20 years, but I loved that movie as a kid, or at least the sci-fi channel version that seemed to air all the time. Okay, I think I'm done. Sorry for the novel of an email. Thanks again for all the great scares. Um, I have to say, 
off the top, like I agree with him about all of this. Every single movie in here. I was also obsessed with Ernest Scared Stupid as a kid. That was a fun movie. Love the witches and the witches. I think we talked in an earlier podcast, maybe the first one. So it was, uh, I couldn't watch it as a kid. I couldn't finish it. It was too scary. One of my earliest scary movie memories uh, was just crying and my mom having to console me seeing that movie for the first time. <laughs> I still have never seen that. Yeah, I got to get to that. Pinocchio, when they turn into the donkeys. Also, Pinocchio, the, that one scared the shit out of me too as a kid, now that I remember it. Uh, that's a, that's a scary-ass Disney movie all around between the donkey scene, uh, Monstro, the whale. Uh, it's it, it was all freaky, that one. And Dog Soldiers? I didn't even think about it. It's funny that Ethan wrote about it because after we talked about werewolves, my brother also was like, what about dog soldiers after listening to our episode? Uh, I love that movie. Who directed it? Is it Neil Jordan? Is that the guy that did the, the Descent? It's that guy. It's his first movie. And yes, dog soldiers is one of those funny mo- where it like got, it's a European, you know, it's English. Uh, so it was a big, you know, it was a theatrical release in Europe, but in the US it got bought by the sci-fi channel. And that's how it premiered in the United States as a TV movie. Uh, and that's how I saw it and uh, had a blast seeing it from what I remember. I've never seen it. Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall. Director. And I've never seen Ernest Scared Stupid. I watched Ernest Goes to Camp. I mean, I still say, what do you mean, Vern? Or is that what the quote was? <laughs> know what I mean, Vern? You know what I mean, Vern? I still say that sometimes. I probably say it incorrectly, which is why people around me don't know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Or they just don't know Ernest. Like, I knew Ernest. But I never saw Scared Stupid. I'd, like, just outgrown it or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think sounds like I got to add those three movies <laughs> to the list and give them to you. Because Ernest Scared Stupid, even as an adult, like, it is a kid's movie. But I still, I still try to take it in uh, around Halloween season. It, it all the creature effects in it are super cool because they were done by the guys that created the killer clowns from outer space. So mm. they're they're pretty similar, except they're supposed to be like you know Norwegian troll looking things. So they're pretty cool. So speaking of tropes, I think yeah. I've talked about this before, but for me, the thing that always creeps me out is the thinking you found safety, and then it's revealed that your safety is not safety. Like mm-hmm. I think of a few movies. One I'll give it away if I say it so I'm not gonna because I don't think you've seen it but just I th- I guess one of the things I think of although it kind of uh projects it early is like the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre like you know that yeah. cop's gonna end up being bad but sure yeah but there are other cases where like you think you found safety and then you know wherever the house you came upon is a, a part of the the bigger scheme and you're not safe like just that is horrifying to me I think I've yeah. talked about it before but I can't bring it up enough yeah, that unnerves me. It's similarly, but I think a little more for me, it's almost just the aesthetic of it. So like the Southern Gothic, uh, that creeping dread, like you just said, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where the entire, the original, the remake, you know, most of the iterations of it, like just the entire environment is just steeped in violence. You like, you can, you feel the dread watching the movie, like, you know, no matter where they go, they can't escape. Uh, and I also think of like the first season of True Detective, whereas mm-hmm. they the more they investigate this thing, the more they realize there's just evil everywhere around them in this situation. Like that kind of aesthetic always creeps me out really bad. So yeah, I guess like Southern Gothic is what they call because usually these are in Southern or rural settings and stuff like that, that style, that sense. But more specifically, I just talked about this, I think a few episodes ago. Alien abduction movies. If you want a really specific trope that like freaks me out, 
uh, it's alien abduction movies, which there aren't too many done well, but you know, fire in the sky. Oh, I think it's something to do with the being taken and the experimentation, like uh, being poked and prodded and, you know, this is an alien intelligence forcing itself in, in the same way that I haven't had as much of a problem with them, but possession movies, you know, a la the exorcist, of course, uh, used of to freak course. me out so bad. And I think it's the idea of an alien intelligence, like controlling your, you don't have your body uh, anymore. You know, your, mm-hmm. your, the sovereignty over your own body is invaded. And I love, I know Ethan was asking for a little bit more of a, a very specific trope. I just can't think of any. So I'm gonna keep it in my mind's eye and see if something comes to me. Cause there, there's gotta be something that I'm like, Oh, that really weird thing that happens periodically that just creeps me out. But if you're listening out there, please, we would love to know your oddly specific horror trope that freaks you out. Yes. Right. And let us and Ethan know. Yeah. Scaring is sharing at gmail.com. And I do agree with Ethan uh, the witches and Ernest scared stupid both scared me for a similar reason, which was like the kids. Sorry, spoilers, but you probably already know this. The kids get turned into mice like that's fucking freaky yes. uh, as a kid. And it, Ernest scared stupid. There's also the troll tra- can transform kids. And it's like, ugh, it's uh, there's something about that that was frightening. And again, I think it has to do with agency over yourself. It's like when something takes your entire agency away like that it's uh-huh. horrifying so that's what scares me so i guess i'm right in line with ethan but i bet tusk scares ethan too because that's a very like like a more i mean i was gonna say realistic i don't yeah. know how realistic it is but like as opposed to magic it's like an operation turning you sure. into an animal which <laughs> or like the human centipede maybe i did find now that you say that too like i did find tusk unnerving when i saw it like it is fucking weird and uncomfortable to watch so yeah yeah Yeah. i know it's divine i liked tusk but you know i know it's it it's 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 a goofy ass movie the the (laughs) worst thing about it was that whole johnny depp thing i thought that was dumb but like cameo was terrible but the build up and the like getting into it was really i thought very good it just didn't land I didn't feel. No, but well, I respect it. There's much worse. Much absolutely. worse. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we have one more, and this one comes to us via Instagram. So it's great. We have something from uh, Apple Reviews, an email, and then one from our Insta. And this one's kind of cool. It's a first-time uh, writer, and it's from Teacher Drew, who is a mainstay on one of my favorite podcasts, which is it's, it's only, only a, a podcast. podcast. Teacher Drew writes in all the time there. I've heard his name and his opinions, his letters countless times. And he has written to us this week. Wow. And he says, hey, guys, I've been listening for a few episodes now and have to say I love the concept and the content. What nudged me to finally write in was episode 32 and your discussion of first scares. Mine happened at an early age. My parents would often take us to a drive-in to catch a double feature. This particular theater would play a more family-friendly movie first, and then when the younger kids should have drifted off, they would play more mature films. At this outing, I was particularly keyed up and couldn't sleep, so I just pretended. My ruse worked, and I was then able to watch the movie in stealth mode. I don't remember the title, unfortunately, but it was a pretty dark vampire movie. My first true horror film, and I made it through without getting caught. 
The residual scares came later that night. I was back home in bed and I was almost asleep when I heard my dog growling. I saw him looking into the absolute darkness of my open window and growling menacingly. I was terrified and I was convinced it was a vampire. So needless to say, I slept with the cross under my pillow for the next month. Some kids would have never watched another horror movie again, but I was hooked, and to this day, it is my favorite genre. So thank you, gentlemen, and please keep the episodes coming. Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Teacher Drew, thank you so much for writing. And I love that story. Wonderful. I love, yes, that these scares can happen to some people, and it doesn't traumatize you. It, it propels you into your love for horror. Sure. I would argue they still traumatized me, but for some reason I, <laughs> I loved the trauma and embraced it. So, But please, uh, we would love to hear from you. Tell us your, you know, first scares, your oddly specific horror tropes that freak you out. Scaring is sharing on Insta. Scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Fucking hit us up. Hit us it. up. Hey, and one bit of news that I read that just broke, like right before we started recording this. What? Elijah Wood has uh. been cast as the villain of the toxic avenger reboot nice who yeah. is the villain i don't remember uh it sounds like because they included like in the news article if you'd look it up like bloody disgusting dread central everybody's reporting it right now um but if you look it up they included a quick little character description uh, and it sounds like he's a playoff of the mayor from the original got and it that, like he's like the boss of some company and he's after the toxic avenger is what they're saying so it's like okay he's going to be filling that like the mayor of the town the corrupt okay. mayor type of role okay think, where he's trying okay. to take out the toxic avenger sounds like so cool cool yeah i'm excited for that one that's gonna oh my be great. god so fucking excited it's gonna be so good so jeremy this last week i mean everyone knows because they're listening to this episode so they see the title um yeah but you and i went to the movies and saw a quiet place two together we did so exciting it was great to be back in the theater i mean i know i've talked about it but it was your first time back in the theater right in a long yeah. time since february no march of uh 2020 that was the last time i was in over a movie theater a year over a year and see we a friend of ours rented out the theater with her mom and they could get like 20 people in there and you and like the group of our friends were sitting particularly close to the screen and i know my husband isn't real big on sitting super close and he was like you can go sit with your friends but i was like no i want to say it was the first time we've been to the movies in like since december of 20 like 19. so mm -hmm. i was like no i want to sit with you so we did not sit with you, but you were in front of us and I could feel your spirit. I, yeah, I, I was having a blast. <laughs> it was super fun to be back in the theater. Yeah. My wife jumped and screamed so much at that movie. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So let me start things off. I'm going to read the, the tagline and the little plot description yep. from Letterboxd. So A Quiet Place 2, the tagline is silence is not enough. Following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats that lurk beyond the sand path. Ooh! Okay, so my first question to you, you yeah. re-watched A Quiet Place because your wife Sarah had not seen it. So like the week <laughs> leading into it, you watched that, correct? Yeah, and full disclosure too, like when I re- I say rewatch and then I'm like, I don't remember huge chunks of this thing. Like I, I was trying to remember how did I see the original Quiet Place? Cause I know I didn't see it in theater. I saw it like on TV or something must've been, I think I was at 
very well could have been Nick the Knife's house. I think I was somewhere and we like Nick. we watched it on TV, but it was like, of course, there was other people around. So it probably was only half paying attention to most of it. And that was the only other time I'd been exposed to it. So like actually sitting down, revisiting it with Sarah and like paying attention to it was like, you know, good experience to actually remember everything that happens in it. So the first time I watched it was my first movie out of rehab. Oh, and I remember like it was that weird experience because I always used to get stoned before going to the movies. Mm -hmm. You know, I always like I felt like I had to smoke a big fat bowl before I went to enjoy it. And so it was weird going to see it sober and mm -hmm. also having been clean for, you know, two or three weeks, whatever it was. And and I remember just like the the feeling what I was supposed to be feeling and like being like, Oh wow. I can like ex experience this and enjoy it sober. I didn't absolutely love it. My husband was pretty much like, yeah, I did not like that. I wasn't quite in that place. There were moments I loved like the ending I think is fucking fantastic. Like the, the ending, like the final moment I'm like, fuck yes like she cocks that shotgun mm -hmm. and she's like yeah. let's go get those fuckers and it's just so good yeah but like there's some of that like daddy white man savior thing where he's like i'll save you kids and just a little bit of that like it was like a little heavy-handed i thought yeah i'm okay here we go. <laughs> it's a movie that like a lot of the re sitting down and watching it, the rewatch before seeing part two as well. It's kind of slow in the beginning, like or in the first half, first cut two thirds. There's just moments that I feel like pacing because once it gets going at the ending, once all the action is in play, it goes quick. And then you're like, oh, that's the end of the movie. Wow. It's just leading up to that. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but there's moments that feel kind of slower. You're like, what's I'm getting. What's gonna happen? Come on, make something happen here. And then it finally gets going. Um, there's also a confession I have to make. Oh no. Which is some people, you know, it's no fault of the person. Just for some reason, there's something that doesn't click with you with certain people. Emily Blunt. John Krasinski is one of those actors oh. for me that I don't know what it is. I'm just not crazy about him. Uh, okay. And I don't get excited for seeing him in anything. I find him charming. But I can see that. He's almost a little smug. My wife tells me that I am a little bit of a Jim Halpert type from The Office. So okay. she's like, maybe you just hate what you see in yourself. In <laughs> As they say. <laughs> yeah, so that could be it. I'm too close to <laughs> the material, if you will. Uh, but he was always my least favorite part of The Office. And for some reason, he just, I don't get excited by him. Okay. Not like my boy Killian in part two, but... We'll get to that. So yeah, so the first part is fine. I really loved the world building and I liked the slower stuff, I think, than I liked the action sequences. But, and I loved that they used a deaf actress. I love that mm -hmm. when they played with, and I thought they did it more in the first one in my memory, that they played more with that total silence, like from within her head, like how you can't actually hear anything. Like I thought they played with that a little bit more, mm -hmm. but also a discussion that Joe and I had after seeing the first one was like, like, okay, like I get that, like her hearing aid and those high pitches, like what it did, but like really no one else in the world had thought 
to try this knowing yeah, that it, sound bothers them like it seems a little far-fetched that like given all the scientific minds and military minds and everybody out there that does this kind of like you know weapons of war testing i'm sure sound shit is stuff they're working on right now as we speak somewhere in some laboratory like what frequencies can be used to do different things yeah nobody would have thought of that as a way to be like wait these things don't have eyes and they seem to hear let's throw sound waves at them to make them uncomfortable and we're really focused on this one family so it's not like we know the rest of the world yeah isn't, but it just seems that someone would have found that out and would have let it be known far and wide but it seemed like the whole world was pretty much wiped out you know yeah so so okay so that's like some of my issues so should we hop into part two well i i want to know your feelings on part one if you were to rate part one real quick like throw out what's your rating what do you give i that one? think i would give it like three and a half stars okay i do the same three and okay. a half yep. yep okay so part two part two <laughs> electric boogaloo <laughs> yep quiet place electric boogaloo here's what i'll start with Everyone seems to fucking love this movie. Like uh -huh. the ratings on Letterboxd, left, right, and center, four, four and a half stars. Like everyone's just like, oh my God, it's so good. So much better than the first one. I'm like, it is not better than the first one. I find it to be a, a mediocre rehash of the ooh, first one. Ooh. The thing I love about it is the opening. Like that opening is great. That sequence was so fucking awesome. I wish the whole thing would have been a prequel. Yeah, the prequel was that prequel sequence was great. To see the world go to shit and how the family ended up where they did at the beginning of part 1. I would have loved that. I would have loved it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it just I hate like I enjoy killing Murphy. I thought he was fine, but like I wanted the movie to be about Emily Blunt and her kids. But mm. no, she goes off and finds another savior white guy who is gonna like lead them to safety and then we follow him so much of the time the only saving grace i was like oh my god he's gonna turn out to be a bad guy since we've sort of set up this like you don't know what people are really like like at one point when the like there's all these things happening at once which they do that a lot in this movie where like everyone's experiencing like the same thing and we cut between the mom and the dad and the daughter and we're seeing not mm -hmm. the dad but you know the killian murphy character but like Killy Murphy and the girl were off somewhere and the mom was off somewhere and the little boys like sifting through stuff. And I thought he was going to find like Killian Murphy's family like murdered. Oh, and yeah. Like we were going to discover Killian Murphy was bad and he was with the daughter. And oh, shit, what have we done? Yeah, no. And it's like, her? no, that's just his dead wife. Ah. It's just his dead wife. And then we have this group of ragtag, you know, walking dead clan villains for like five minutes and then they're done. And. I'm just like, I feel like I've seen this movie and it was called The Walking Dead and it was much better, even though The Walking Dead is not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least not anymore. Like it's just rehashed. It's gone on too long. Mm -hmm. But it just felt like a bad episode of The Walking Dead and just too much of the first one and not enough Emily Blunt. Like I wanted her to kick some ass. Yeah. It I just, don't know. Yeah. Those are my major disappointments. So you tell me what your thoughts. <laughs> I'm also not crazy about Emily Blunt either. To be blunt, <laughs> to be blunt. <laughs> so it's like, I didn't really miss her. I like the, I mean, my favorites are the, the daughter, the deaf daughter. Uh -huh. uh, and I'm totally in love with Killian Murphy. So yes, I, I'm totally biased here. I don't know. Ever since 28 days later, man, uh, uh, just yes. going back to the beginning, like as soon as I was like, who is this guy? He's great. And then I've just become, he's like just a beautiful man. 
I don't know. He is, and he's very talented. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's a very good performer. So yeah, I'm a little biased there because I was like, I'm fine with it. I mean, this movie reminded me a lot of, again, it felt familiar in that like this reminded me of The Last of Us video games. I keep reading that too. Or these like survival horror type games. That was a thing that made me freak out is like when they... Uh, like they jump in the boat when it's all around the water and they lose all their gear. And I'm thinking of like video games where I'm like, you can't lose your gear. You need that to complete the tasks later. Like, you don't just leave your gun and your jacket (laughs) and like your backpack behind. You need those for later things. But yeah, no, I kind of felt like I actually felt the same way about the first one too, is that both of these movies were kind of like, I think the general public was going a little crazier for them than like I felt like watching it. I was like, I didn't think either were that great. Not that they were bad. They were good movies, but I didn't think they like were redefining the genre or anything like that. You know, I didn't think they were that amazing. I will give part two though. Something I liked was I feel like it played with sound design more than the first one did. Uh, in that you had like sequences where we're like, okay, we're following the daughter now and all the sound cuts out. See, I thought that there was more of that in the first one. Is there not? I don't seem to, I don't remember it as much. Maybe part of it was seeing it in a movie theater uh, and having that loud sound system again uh, where you could really tell the difference. I think what would have been so cool is if the whole movie could have been from her soundscape. Like to just hear vibrations Mm -hmm. and things like that and to like piece it together that around her the sound like sound is what causes these monsters to attack but you never even really hear the sound like you can see it happening like people Mm -hmm. talking or knocking something over and a monster coming and then feeling that like vibration like i feel like that would have been such a fucking cool movie probably too experimental though for mainstream audiences yeah i I don't know you might it might be, people will probably say it would be, but I just think it would have been amazing. Yeah, I think you know, that's that would, where that's this a movie cool is idea. Most successful is when you're dealing with like that pure silence and stuff. Yes, and I gotta say, the end is horrible. The end yeah. is the end of the first one, just not as good. I and I hate this. I mean, the movie did well enough, feeling like a continuation of the first one where you're like, it didn't feel like, you know, some sequel, or I should say just a lot of horror sequels are like, you have one, you have the first movie, it's over. And it's a contained story. And then they decide to make a sequel. And it's like, how do we bring the character? You know, everything just feels so forced or just like a new movie with maybe like the same killer in it. Uh, But it's not really that related to anything before it. Whereas at least this picked up immediately where the first one ended. So you're like, okay, it feels like a, you know, a continuation in that way. I don't like that it just ended and you're like, obviously there's a part three because they just left all of this unresolved. And John Krasinski, I guess, is just going to direct these forever. Is like that is planned now because it's like, at least give us some closure to this story. You can do that and still set up a third one if you want to go that route. But like, give us some closure to this story which is what this didn't have. Yeah, and see, I know that you just said you didn't feel this way, but I didn't, I felt it didn't seem to be like, oh, a natural progression of the story forward. If they would have left and found a community of people and that would have been sort of the world we're moving into, like that didn't happen until way later. Like, I don't know, just that whole moving in with Killian Murphy and just all of that just felt not 
like a, a a decent sequel idea. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I was kind of like, oh, it just feels like more of the same. I almost wanted them to like stay at their farmhouse and people came to them and a new community started there as opposed to like them leaving. And so, I don't know. I guess there's lots of bad memories there because the husband just died and whatever. But just the end was just so disappointing that really it's the same thing as the first one. They just, the girl just has to get to a speaker where she can, you know, mm-hmm. put her hearing aid up against it. The loud sound comes. And then instead of the, the mom shooting the monster, the son shoots the monster. And I'm just like, this is the same thing. How do mm-hmm. we end up just right back here? Why isn't it something evolved and different and better? So I'll tell you what I want out of three is they better, uh, progress explain do something with what the monsters are because at this point it's like we now know that they were from outer space because they did the alien invasion trope of shit falling out of the sky what are these things they just seem to be mindlessly killing people all of humans what's the point i assume there's like a higher intelligence or something behind them like they are these just the soldiers or like attack dogs and then there's something that sent the set them in motion like get to that what's going on yeah. Why Earth? What's happening? Like, I want to see the bigger, the science fiction, like, epic, yes. you know, behind this. Like, what are the creatures doing? Who's in charge? Why is it I happening? I think that that would have been a really cool thing to do in the second one is evolve the monsters as well, to mm-hmm. some degree. Like, find, like, yes, we found out they came from the sky. If that was them, I imagine it was, but we never really saw them, like, land to know that. But we imagine that that's the case. But yeah, I mm-hmm. wish there would have been an evolution there and like what these monsters are. And also really like everyone's seen signs and I feel everyone can agree that that whole water thing and signs is pretty lame that, mm-hmm. Ooh, the aliens are scared of water. And yet that's exactly what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like when that happened, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So if in signs, if I remember, it's like water is toxic to these things. Yes. Um, yet I know the big thing is like, but we do know on a molecular like level, like it's like it's science, bitch. The uh, <laughs> water is a building block of like life as you know, we know it. Uh, so if the aliens are anything inside, you know, if they're at remotely like us, like water is part of what they are. So why would water be toxic to them? It doesn't make any sense. Um, and in here, it's like they just can't swim, I guess, is what's happening. They just but they fall can in and steer a boat. But they, yeah, but they could float on a boat. I don't know. Like, it, that's a little bit poorly defined. It's like a moment that just kind of happens and you're like, huh? And they don't elaborate on it. And then it's over. You're like, I guess they can't swim. And we're just moving on from that. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it was a fun, like, I didn't hate watch it. I just was like, kind of a little bit like, you know, squinty eyed, shaking my head a little throughout it. Like, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, there are the legendary because not the rule is always sequels. Sequels are unnecessary. Sequels suck is what people always say. But, you know, there are also the legendary sequels that are better than the originals. Your Empire Strikes Backs to your Star Wars or your uh, Godfather Part Two to, you know, the first Godfather. Uh, but this ain't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to no. list that this one with those movies Terminator two to the first Terminator, you know, I would say across the board, most people really like this movie. So yeah. I'm surprised there aren't more negative reviews out there, 
I don't know if they're like, cause even like my husband liked it even less than me, but he still didn't have like, a, he wasn't mad that we went or anything like that or disappointed. Cause it was still an enjoyable movie to watch in the theater. Yeah. This was great. Just unplug and lay back like entertainment and let it happen. Yeah. Uh, it's just afterwards. You're like a bunch of plot holes and all this comes to mind, but whatever. But yeah, but there is that sense of like, oh my God, we're back in the theater. It's a scary movie. It's a fun ride. Like it's, it's short. Like that was a mm-hmm. good thing. Like it was a good 20 minutes shorter than I thought it was going to be. Cause I had no idea, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just, I wanted more. Yeah. I, I mean, there was the level of sameness as much as I love Killian Murphy so much. One man alone sometimes can't write the ship. And so there was just a lot of say this was, yeah, this was the same movie. Just switch out your male actor. <laughs> but yeah, it just made me so angry to just like sort of, evolve Emily Blunt to be this badass in part one. And then she's just sort of is resigned to just, just taking care of a baby like a woman should in the second one. Oh my God. That just, you just made me think one scene though, that I hated is when she's uh, saving the sun, you know, from the creature that's in there and the sprinkler it's before, no, before the sprinklers go off because she like gets it in that gas puddle and then (laughs) shoots the, uh, the tank and it explodes. Uh And I was like, that had the potential to be a fucking awesome action sequence right there. Like the thing burns up. You're like, cool. That would have been a badass way to kill a monster, Uh, except it does nothing to the monster. Right. And it just makes the sprinklers go off. And then there's some shit with water again, (laughs) another flooding basement sequence, like in the first one. And I was like, no, no, no. Like just let them die by fire. Fire burns things like the fire should have killed the monster. That should have been a cool way to like blow one up or whatever. But I don't know. And I know I mentioned Stranger Things earlier in regards to Call of the Void, but these just look like the Stranger Things monster from the first season. Yeah, yeah. They really should have, I feel, been a, a different, better design because that's yep. what they look like. And we spend way more time with them in the second movie, like up close and personal, and they could have tweaked the design a little bit, I feel, and made, yeah, yeah. made it a little more distinct or, you know, its own instead of just generic lanky monkey monster running around like they should they could have made it a little weirder yeah so (laughs) out of uh out of five boats adrift with a monster riding on them (laughs) at a blind sound monster (laughs) riding on them uh how many do you give it i'm gonna give it two and a half Ooh, okay. What do you give it? See, this is the thing. I almost went a little bit higher than what I'm about to say. But as we talked about it, I was like, nah, I can't in good conscience go any higher than a solid three and just call it a day. You know what that means? Throw it on the slash heap. <laughs> That's right. Send it to the slash heap. Bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, if, if you guys want to see it, if you're a completist, you know, by all means, but. Uh, this is not going to be like a, this is not a scaring a sharing classic. <laughs> it is not. Um, but, you know, a lot of fun to see in the theater. Get some popcorn. Go with your friends and your significant other. Cuddle up and fucking ride this ship out. That's right. Night. Just like a monster. Adrift That's right. On and a if boat. you loved it, congratulations. Good for you. <laughs> uh, well, we'll be back next week with a full episode yep full on back to the regular format so don't worry guys and i'm excited to hear what you give me 
Give it to me good. Oh, I've got some weird ideas that have been stewing about in my brain right now. I got so many directions I want to go. So it's going to get weird. Good. All right. Well, help Haymon. Long live the new flesh. That's right. Till next week, guys. Keep sharing the scares. Because scaring is sharing. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.